welcome to the Mental Health Hour. This is episode 42, Preparing for Surgery. Uh, today we're doing a special Tuesday edition of the Mental Health Hour, um, and we will be talking with Gemma again uh, as we continue her journey. Um, since episode five, we've been learning about Gemma and um, all of her um, diagnoses and what have you, and we're getting we're going into surgery tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But uh, but first, let's take a moment to welcome everybody in. Hello, Hattie. Hello, Tracy. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello to all the live viewers that are coming on in, and hello to our replay viewers as well. Um, we appreciate everybody that comes through mm-hmm. and stops in and says hello. Um, we had a little bit of uh, a time issue tonight. <laughs> um, we'll get it. We'll get it right. Uh, so. Uh, the first time we had daylight savings time, uh, Gemma, you switched your clocks first, right? Yeah, we went a couple of weeks before you. And then now this time we switched our clocks before you. Yeah. So I was so literally sat weeks, yeah. ready to uh, ready to broadcast. And I'm like, where the hell is Gemma? And it's when you rang and I'm like, what are you on about? I've got another hour yet. <laughs> like, no. And then it dawned on me. I'm like, oh my gosh, you've altered your clocks, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. So. I didn't even twig. Oh, whoops. It is good to see everybody in here. And I am uh, very happy to um, put this somewhere that I can reach. Be here on a Tuesday night. Uh, mm. So, Gemma, let's get uh, right on into it. To, uh, this week's episode is all about prepping for surgery and like Mm -hmm. that mental space that mental feeling that you get when um when you're heading into a surgery Uh, Mm -hmm. my wife is getting ready for a uh, c-section with the baby coming on may 3rd um so she's going nuts and uh there's all kinds of um you know things flying around uh Mm -hmm. thoughts racing thoughts everything uh of of that nature um, so what's going on with, with Gemma today, uh, preparing for surgery? I'm kind of glad we're doing this because it's giving me something to focus on. Even though I'm discussing it, not thinking about it. I mean, I've looked up some stuff to share with you and I'm like looking at stuff and I'm like, oh my God, I shouldn't have looked this up. <laughs> Seeing stuff, but then like, I know what to expect. It's just, I've waited so long for it. They called me earlier and told, like, I saw a hospital number and I'm like, oh, no, no, because I've been waiting over two and a half years for this surgery and I was originally referred for potential surgery seven years ago. But when they mentioned surgery, I'm like, nope, not happening. I want to try other things first. So I have exhausted all other options now. But... um, Oh, oh, oh god and um so yeah i've been waiting two and a half years for this and um it's been cancelled twice due to covid 
and um, I'm trying to compose myself for your comment. Um, oh dear. <laughs> so, when, how long? Let's let's bring it back in. How long have you been dealing with or waiting for this surgery? I guess is. The... Um, so I've had what I've got is called intestinal paralysis it's also known as um let me look up the app um it is exactly known as something else i'm just looking up the medical term again bear with me i've got it here so it is the um ileus so paralytic ileus and it means that my sometimes it's just your small colon, your small intestines. Sometimes it's your large, but it's my entire intestines. And it's all paralyzed. It started off being my small, then it went and moved on. And now nothing works. It's just dead. Um, so it means that whereas it, your intestines would contract uh, to literally move things along, mm. mine don't do that. And in turn, it's it started in the bladder, and I had mild bladder paralysis, um, where the the I'm not getting the your brain controls everything in your body, mm -hmm. and it sends a message from your brain to like the bladder to the bowels and back, like when you need to go to the toilet, when you need to do things, mm -hmm. and that message isn't going, it's not doing anything. Uh, firing. Yeah. So. Um, because of that, I was originally referred, it was about seven, seven and a half years ago, having problems with that. I had what's known as a superpubic catheter inserted about two and a half years ago because of the bladder paralysis. And I was referred for this surgery two and a half years ago. I had the trial phase because this, this particular surgery has to come in two stages, the trial phase, to check that it's going to work because they don't want to start implanting stuff in you if it's not going to do anything. But also the cost of it. Now over here, most healthcare is deemed as free on the NHS. However, this one is not funded by the NHS, it is privately funded. Now, if you are an NHS patient, it's not costing me anything. However, they have to apply for funding, which means every, I don't know whether it's every month or every two months or whatever, they put your case to a board, like a panel, mm -hmm. and they, Literally, your life is in the hands of other people that don't know you. Mm -hmm. They don't find out your name or anything, but they give, like, information. So they would say, for example, that I'm female, 38 years old, single mom, got this, 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 and this wrong with me. They've tried this, this, and this, you know, medication, what I'm on. And then they will maybe see my x-rays, things like that, and say, okay, are we going to fund this or are we not? The cost of the surgery that I'm about to receive is £25,000, hmm. which is about, I think, $32,000. Yeah. Um, it's a slightly more because of the device that they've let me have. Because of my age, they have allowed me to have a recharge unit, which means that 
instead of having to have surgery every three to five years to change the battery, it means that it should last 15 years. This device hasn't been out long enough to know it lasts 15 years. Right, right, right. I'm going to be one of the few, like it's been out a little while, but not 15 years. So they don't know how long this battery will last. Um, I'm just going to share some slides if that's all right, just to yeah, show absolutely. what I'm going to have. And then I've got a video to explain as well. Like, the, so this here. Okay, so this seems to show it at the front, but it's not like this electrical stimulator mm -hmm. is going to be just above my bum cheek. And it connects to the sacral nerve. And it re it allows the brain to retransmit the messages back and forth and causes like, if anyone's ever used a TENS machine for... Yeah, for it just like that, but inside, it's quite an unusual sensation. Now, depending on how high you have to have it to get the result that you need will depend on how much you can feel it. Now, I remember having it on fairly high, but it was three, about three quarters of the way up. Now, I'm just going to show, like, where have I got it here? Oh, I don't think I've uploaded one that I needed to. Just bear with me. I have got um, one particular one. So while all this is going on, um, mm. you know, where where's your headspace at? Like, how are you feeling? I'll be relieved when I can have it done. Not forget it. But at the same time, like right now, I'm feeling quite sick with worry like my head's like because I know that I've had bad reactions to um anesthetics and stuff mm -hmm. I'm like part of me is worrying about am I going to wake up is the anesthetic going to make me ill am I going to feel this thing because whilst I've had the trial of it the only thing that was implanted during trial was the very end of the sacral nerve stimulators which are two little prongs However, this time I'm going to have the the whole wire. I'm going to have the battery and the transmitter, the internal transmitter inside me. And then on the outside, obviously, there's the controller. There's a recharge unit, which is like worn on a belt once a week, I believe. Um, it is actually pretty much the same as a pacemaker. They, yeah. they do say it's very much like a pacemaker. Um, because it, this will determine like the way it works. Basically, it's to control it working. You can control it. It's it's literally a Samsung phone they give you. I'm gonna put a little video up just to show you, like, see if I remember which one's which. Um. Okay, so this one is about the device. Let me just show you. Okay, Medtronic is the people. That
That's just about the guarantee and stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, mentoring is um, so regarding my anxiety. They haven't given me anything as yet, but they probably will tomorrow. They're gonna give me something via IV for my sickness because anaesthetic makes me very, very sick. Um, and I think there was once when I really struggled to come round from the anaesthetic. So they are prepared, knowing that I'm an anaesthetic risk. But it's literally the, the one that you saw there, the one that he had like that, that's the battery I'm going for, the recharge one. So it's literally like a USB pen drive. It's really, really quite small. And it gives you up to 15 years without having to have any more surgery to replace that battery, which is what I thought even though like I have to remember to charge it every week, mm -hmm. it's like thinking about how many times that's going to save me having to be home to have a re the battery replaced because they say the recharge free unit is three to five years. So if it, if it, even if I do get five years out of it, that's at least two or three surgeries. It's going to save me. And then it might last more than 15 years. They just don't know, but they say that they guarantee that it'll last 15 plus years. So I don't yeah. know. But, so, um, you know me, <clears throat> Heavenly do in the house. Hello. Hey. <clears throat> and hello to Eric J Gaming. Uh, very good episode with him last week. Please mm -hmm. watch a replay on that uh, with anxiety. Um, Michael Joseph Murray, good to see you. Hattie, everybody, Shirley, you know, I love my Shirley. Um, great to see everybody here tonight. And uh, we're talking about uh, Gemma is getting ready to go for surgery tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, so there will be no mental health hour tomorrow. We're doing it tonight, special edition, Tuesday night prior to the surgery. Um, mm -hmm. So she is going, this surgery has been... Um, on the books for a while. Um, yeah, two and a half years, I was yeah. with. And, and very necessary. Uh, this is one of those things where COVID-19 has come into play again and halted process on 
essential surgeries and essential medical services and and everything mm-hmm. that you know comes <clears throat> excuse me with it um i just we Gemma and i got to talking uh last week and i like to turn everything into an episode mm-hmm. um <laughs> this is a perfect example uh, or, or a perfect episode for just a check-in mental health types thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go for surgery, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people have to deal with whether it be, and you know what? Surgery is surgery no matter what you're getting surgery on. Yeah, uh, It's scary stuff no matter where, what part of the body it is. Nobody wants to go under the knife. Even if it's your, uh, I don't know, big toe or something. Like It's scary for anyone, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. Welcome, everybody. Hey, Trevor. Good to see you. Um, I was saying to someone the other day, like, no matter what pain you're in, if it's physical pain, Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can invalidate that because at the end of the day, like I said, if you've, for example, got a broken leg and there's someone down the road that's got two broken legs, they can't say to you, well, mine's worse because at the end of the day, you've only ever known that one broken leg. Mm -hmm. Whereas, okay, yeah, they've got two. But for you, that one broken leg is painful. It hurts. So... That's your pain. So nobody can take that away from you, no matter what it is. Exactly. And, okay, somebody might have been through something completely different, but that's their pain. They feel that, not you, and you feel yours. So it doesn't make what you're going through any less valid or any less important. It's the same for anybody, no matter what they're having. If it's surgery, if it's anything, it's just is important for that person to deal with and it can be really really worrying like oh like mm. it's a good it's a good topic to to discuss tonight uh, Mm -hmm. as we do a special episode for you guys here on a tuesday night before Gemma's surgery um you know surgery in in itself is a scary thing um and just like Gemma was saying, um, it could be yourself or a loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's prepping for surgery. Somebody you know is getting ready to go under the knife. Uh, they're scared. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife is very scared right now about the C-section. She's done this before, <laughs> twice, <laughs> but she is mm-hmm. so scared. And, you know, we got to be there. I have to be there. For her supporting and um, letting her know everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. While they do these surgeries all the time, um, like literally, there's surgery happening right now somewhere in mm-hmm. the world. There's surgery happening. Um, we have crafted and, and we've become pretty good at this medically. Um, and, and that's incredible. Uh, but it's still a very scary thing. And they they always tell you, you know, 
it doesn't matter what kind of surgery it is, it's still uh, risky. Mm -hmm. Every surgery has risks. Oh, yeah. So in talking about this, and, and Gemma was like, tell me, um, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to do the show on Wednesday. We're going to have to do it on Tuesday because I got to get the surgery on Wednesday. Yeah, that's fine. Why don't we turn this into an episode and, you know, check in with ourselves and with uh, everybody we know that might be going in for surgery. Kind of give them a, a little, hello, how are you? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing with Gemma tonight. Um, so, I mean, I've asked you already, how, what's your headspace like? But like, give us uh, give us a real uh, honest. The real unfiltered version. Yeah, give us the down and dirty. What? How do you feel right now? What are you doing to help? And you know, there's anxiety there, right? You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So honestly, I'm absolutely terrified. I'm terrified that I will go to sleep and not wake up. I'm terrified that I'm going to end up, something's going to go wrong or that it's not going to work or I'm going to get an infection. I've had, um, I've had problems with surgery before. I, um, they've given me all the MRSA decontamination stuff that you have to wash with and nasal stuff and it's mm -hmm. disgusting and it's made my hair all nasty and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm absolutely terrified. And I won't, because it's been cancelled twice before as well, like until I'm there with the needle in my arm, I'm like, I won't allow myself to think too much about it because like last time it was cancelled the day before, they rang me at, like just before six o'clock and said, we're so sorry, we're going to have to cancel your surgery. Again, it was due to COVID. It was the doctor's daughter, I believe, had got COVID. But um, it's got, like, there's just so many thoughts that go through your head. And even though I know that I'm probably going to be fine and stuff, it's it does worry me. And as they said, like, it was about seven years ago I was initially put forward for this surgery but the first doctor wouldn't touch me because of my spine he says my spine's not in very good condition and there is a very small chance that if they hit the wrong spot with your spine it can paralyze you from that point down and that is also another worry for me that that will happen because obviously until you wake up you don't know what's happened um, yeah, and and as Heavenly Do said, uh, no negative thoughts. You know, like yeah. you gotta you gotta go in there with that can do attitude. Mm -hmm. you know? And um, they do this all the time, and we're gonna get through this. And uh, Trevor's be uh, was nice enough to let everybody know he'll update everybody on Gemma's Discord as soon as he hears from you. You're gonna yeah. keep everybody posted. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I won't be able to do it myself till probably much later on, but I will message uh, like yourself and whoever to uh, let them know. I am um, just to keep it 
going so that you know I'm all right. Um, I do have a little video on what's going to happen. Like, there are other, when I was looking, there are other ones, but obviously we don't want anything graphic. Regarding yeah. the blood clots, I actually did have um, DVT in my leg quite a few years ago. I had surgery on my leg and I ended up having to have the um, injections in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, best part of two months. And it was it, it was fine. Thankfully, I didn't have to have any surgery. It did actually seem to rectify itself. Um, but I had to have the stomach Ugh, painful, constantly having to inject yourself. Um, but I had to have them as well when I'd had surgery on my legs because I wasn't as mobile know, a few times. But I'll just show you a little um, sure. video on... It just explains what it is because th- this is the, I've had the trial phase, so when it refers to the implant phase, here we go. Because the evaluation phase was successful, you may be eligible to receive a permanent sacral neuromodulation or SNM system. There are different versions of the system, and you may have already decided which one is right for you. Together with your clinical team, you will discuss the available options. Whichever option you choose, the permanent SNM system consists of two components, one lead and one battery. These are implanted under the skin. You will also be provided with a controller, which looks like a smartphone, and a communicator. You will use these together to manage and adjust your therapy. If you receive a rechargeable system, you will also be provided with a battery recharger, its docking station, and a belt for your recharger. Now, let's turn our attention to how the system is implanted. What can you expect with the implant procedure? During the procedure, you will be lying on your front. Some cushioning will be used to make sure you are comfortable. Your lead, a thin wire, is inserted in your lower back and positioned near the sacral nerves in your pelvic floor. The battery is the part of the system that produces the pulses of stimulation and also goes under the surface of the skin in its own little pocket in the upper buttock, where it will be most comfortable and cosmetically acceptable for you. This minimally invasive procedure may take an hour and can be done under local or general anaesthesia. This will be decided with your clinical team. After the procedure, you may feel a bit sore, but this is quite normal, and you will begin to feel more comfortable in the days that follow. Either on the day of your procedure or a few days afterwards, someone from your clinical team will program your device to reproduce something like what you experienced during the evaluation phase. After your device has been programmed, it will normally run continuously for 24 hours a day. For a period of six weeks, or whatever your clinical team have advised, I don't know if it answered it in there. I had to go shut the hamster up <laughs> again. But um, he bit me as well, so I need to go get a plaster. But uh, it takes the surgery will take about an hour, they yeah. said. Um, but it's uh, where have I? I've shown that one. So not only do we get um, 
we get a couple of things out of this, mental health wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to check in with how we prep for surgery, mm-hmm. and then we also get the after effects. Um, we'll we'll check in with you, obviously, as you progress um mm-hmm. and you you'll be good to uh do the show next week as we were talking about oh yeah 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 um we're not gonna uh i don't know if we'll do a show post-op or, or whatever but anywho either way we'll be able to get the mental health side of going in and coming out uh of you know it's kind of cool to see and feel and and then when you go through something it, it doesn't even have to be surgery right Gemma like mm-hmm. you can uh you, any goal you have set or whatever or a, a a hard task that you need to complete um going up leading up to it you got the butterflies Oh yeah, anything. You got the the scared feelings. The you you check in with yourself. You you feeling, uh, I don't know. And then when when you get on the other side after the task is completed, you get that elation, that that feeling of completion, that feeling of everything is great. Uh, you know. Hmm. So we'll talk about that more next week. Um, we'll have a spe- uh, not a special episode. We'll have a episode uh, planned out for next week, and uh, we'll tap in and talk a little bit about this in the beginning, if that's mm-hmm. all right with you, Gemma. Yeah. Right. Um, moving forward, uh, tomorrow. Uh, so we've we've already kind of talked a little bit about what surgery you're having um, mm-hmm. and we've talked a little bit about where your headspace is mm-hmm. um, can you tell us anything more about you know what this will help what this will accomplish mm-hmm. um yeah let me just put this on to explain like why then so this is what i have okay um so because it's it says like the ileus and stuff and it can cause many things um so i've already had the appendicitis and i've had it removed um it can cause other things with uh, other problems like i've had intestinal problems i've had and still going through kidney problems now um i've got the thyroid problems, mine's underactive, which is unusual, apparently, for this. But I'm just an unusual kind of person, it seems. <laughs> um, I've got all the um, mineral low-level low minerals and things. I'm on multiple medications to try and control that. Um, but it's to try and stop other problems, because it's like it apparently can cause, like it says, cystic fibrosis, um, other lung problems, um, stomach problems. I've got, um, because I'm not getting rid of waste like I should, I have on a few 
occasions ended up in hospital with um or oh, what was it called toxic shock uh because i've been storing waste that i should get rid of from my body and i can't oh that hamster the um i can't get rid of things so i've been taking medication to help with that but because it wasn't, I ended up with fetal impaction and then I collapsed with toxic shock syndrome and had a convulsion, which has happened two or three occasions now. Yeah. And the real thing for me when I really realised, you know what, I'm going to have to do something about this, was when I'd collapsed and Thomas saw me and we have a, I have a fall detector in the house because I'm prone to falling anyway. But he knows that there's an emergency button. If I can't press it and he's about, it does detect when I fall, but it's not 100% accurate. And he pressed it and he said to the operator that answered, I think my mum is dead. And I was just coming around and I overheard that. And I thought to myself right now, I need to get something done about this. Now, unfortunately, COVID has had it cancelled twice delayed massively like I literally had a date booked then Covid hit and then that was cancelled and it was just delayed and delayed mm -hmm. um, but it's I can understand with the depression and stuff because it's like adjusting to the new life again like I've been told for at least six weeks I shouldn't be lifting bending, stretching or anything like that and um, I mean, I'm not massively active anyway because of my um, like disability and stuff anyway. But for somebody that is normally very active, they could probably find that quite difficult to go from a potentially active lifestyle to nothing. Uh, having to rest up, having to take time off doing maybe work or other things. So it's trying to adjust to the new lifestyle but at the same time move forward with the new one and come to terms with that and even though it's not going to massively impact my physical ability it will still slow me down for quite a while and I need to try and invest in a decent donut cushion <laughs> so that I can put it round because I'm concerned about laying on it and things. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that worries me that I'll go I'm going to be able to feel it under the skin maybe or that you're going to see it and things like that. Uh, I've got something here as well that I found. Now, there's just this again, which is I've, a lot of the things I've had, um, obviously like the the baby one doesn't really affect me. It wasn't something that I had from birth, but it is potentially a knock-on of effect of conditions that I've had since birth. Um, but as it's like I've had, I've had the gallstones and everything. It has affected that, but it's now gone from what was a partially paralyzed to full as it's just got worse uh, I'm on the medications I've had the um, abdominal surgery already to try and help and one of the things that I've had to do just to explain 
um, is here. I have a tube that goes from my stomach, and it's just, it's, it's literally that, and it comes through my bladder, and it's like having a, only way to describe it is like having a permanent piercing, but through your stomach. And this is hopefully something that if it really works well, that I'll be able to have removed. However, because I've had a permanent drain on my bladder for over two and a half years, that's going to take some building up. So I'm going to have to build bladder tone back up. Now, I know that when I had the trial phase of this and I tried it, like, obviously it's embarrassing to say, but I did actually wet myself significantly. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not pleasant, but eventually building the bladder tone up might mean that I can have it removed. But um, I need to go shut that hamster up, but the little shit bit me, so... I don't want to uh, go and grab it again. <laughs> so if anybody has any questions at all for Gemma uh, during this uh, process of her surgery, mm. uh, please feel free to drop them in the chat. Uh, thank you guys also for the bits, the subs, the likes, the follows, the shares, everything. Um it is uh, very much appreciated. Everything goes right back into the show, as we tell you every week. Um, uh, and I also wanted to point out a good uh, comment by Heavenly Dew. I love when uh, shit like that works out. You know, even your hoodie says, just strong. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> just keep repeating that. And, you know, things like that that aren't planned. Um and that people catch. I love things like that. So just mm. want to throw that out there. I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, but it's awesome. It 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 uh it really does um you know. well Eric, answer Eric. So the battery is to power it because it's it's effectively like an internal um tens machine or they 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 like compare it to like a um what Michael said earlier, like a pacemaker, and the battery is to power it, otherwise it wouldn't be able to because it sends an electrical pulse constantly to the sacral nerve to make it to stimulate it because as it is now it's just dead, it's not working. So by doing that, powering it with the battery, it's causing it to work again and to cause the um contractions and things that it needs to keep moving and sends the message back and forth as it needs to do so that's the part that's the battery part and then um the with the surgery changing it will allow um it'll, it'll allow things to work i have actually had um a lower organ prolapse which they've got to sort at a later date but this one at the moment is the more uh, important one because I keep I'm effectively poisoning my own blood mm. I'm on tablets to stop I'm on antibiotics a lot just to stop me giving myself sepsis because of the fact that I can't rid myself of the waste 
So it will effectively allow me to go to the toilet, getting down to the bottom of things, literally. Go to, go to the toilet. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to have my catheter removed in time. But it will mean that I can hopefully come off some of the medication as well. Because uh, when my body starts working normally, I won't be poisoning myself. And hopefully get well. Because I don't know if you've ever... Like probably a really rank subject, but if you've ever not been regular at going to the toilet and when you start to feel really bloated and stomach cramps, things like that, or if you've ever had to have laxatives to help you go, it's not pleasant for that one time. But if you can imagine going months and months without going to the toilet, and it starts to back up and poison you. Yeah, it, it will. Like, I ended up in hospital uh, during the first lockdown without getting too gross. Like, if it won't come out one way, shall we say, does it, it will come out, it, it, come out another way? It will find a way out, yes. And it did. And your body is. Um... Is built that way, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Uh, yeah. All of our organs inside of us are built or are helping us to mm -hmm. detoxify and uh, keep the bad things out. Um, that's why. That I mean that that that's a huge part of my story, mm -hmm. my story, uh, personal story, um, with my pancreas. My, my pancreas and liver just could not handle filtering all of that alcohol anymore. And, mm -hmm. you know, they it had enough. Um, but, yeah, uh, <clears throat> the, that's what um, vomiting and, and all that is, is um, and purging. You're purging the bad out of you. Mm -hmm. And uh, apologies if this is <laughs> graphic or anything like that. But... Um, it's just something to talk about. Yeah, toxins have to go, like Heavenly mm -hmm. said there. Um, yeah. Your your body will find a way to get the bad out. And, mm -hmm. and that's a pretty phenomenal thing if you think about it. Yeah. It's really cool, like scientifically and, and all that, uh, how your body can, uh, you know, fight against the bad mm -hmm. to, uh, to, to, keep winning you know and that's what happened with me because I got that backed up and because nobody was seeing me I couldn't get any face-to-face -face appointments or anything at one point I looked really heavily pregnant and because I wasn't getting anyone to see me I wasn't seeing a doctor I wasn't going to the hospital it literally managed to bring it out another way and it was far from pleasant and it is as you would expect but the in reverse mm -hmm. and it was horrible and it was like something out of a horror movie but the problem is because it had gone on that long that was the only way it could come out mm -hmm. and things were starting to shut down I, I ended up with 
like very mild jaundice at one point because things were just not going as they should. And eventually I ended up going into A&E, being admitted. I was in two weeks, put on a drip because um, I was so dehydrated and everything because I, I couldn't eat anymore. I couldn't drink anymore. And because I wasn't able to get any appointments and things, I was just putting it off and putting it off till I couldn't anymore. And I've got quite a strong pain threshold and that was the problem because I'm used to putting up with it. I was putting up with it till my body was like, no, no more. And that with that and then the passing out and the convulsions and stuff, um, the blood poisoning. Yeah. I. That's hopefully where it's all going to stop because it's going to allow my body to run normally as it should. And then eventually they're going to sort out the... Um, the prolapses and things, which is like a wire mesh that they put inside of you to hold things in place, just to hold it back to where it should, because what caused those is because my bowel was so, um, like all the intestines and everything was so backed up and so full, the weight of it was just too great for all the organs and it just got everything from inside and just pulled it down and now everything has just dropped so I've got like a multi-organ drop at the lower half yeah it does mean as they've said there's a very good chance I'll have to have a hysterectomy to make room but I'll cross that bridge if and when it comes to it but I'm just trying to think at one thing at a time. This was the most important one for me at the moment. Yeah. So I thought, right, we'll get this one done, and then I will allow myself to think of the next ones. There is potentially this surgery, and then two, potentially two or three other ones that I may have to have. But each one at a time I will go through it at the, one at a time so so the it just it's fascinating I find um I'm so I find medical um things fascinating uh I ride an ambulance for a living it's, mm. it's my thing um but uh Talking about, you know, bringing it all mental health wise. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the one thing uh, that I did want to touch on, actually, before we go any further, um, is the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we, we mentioned it earlier in the show <clears throat> and how that delayed your surgery. Now, what yeah. has this done for you? Um, and I'm sorry if you if it's going to be kind of backtracking a little bit, but... Um, no. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic hits, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you were slated for the surgery for years and years now, two years, yeah. whatever. Yeah, uh, what has this, what has the COVID-19 pandemic done uh, medically to you now? Um, and then how, how does that affect your uh, mental health as far as with uh, the, the, medical system 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's no hiding the fact that if COVID hadn't have happened and I'd have had the surgery when I was scheduled to, the multi-organ drop prolapse would not have happened. That has happened as a result, as a direct result of COVID causing the delay with the um, with the surgery. That has happened because of it. And the fact that I'd been admitted twice with being septic also as a result. Um, so it has ne very, very nearly cost me my life because of the fact that it was delayed so drastically. I was scheduled to have this surgery in April of 2020. And obviously COVID and it just got cancelled straight off. No, no, like, oh, we'll do something to help. Literally nothing. It has also caused um, problems with, now I can't go into too much detail regarding it, but there have been other problems like blood tests. Um, I have a lump that was di discovered back during when I was admitted that has only got bigger and bigger and I have waited now close to hang on over, well over 18 months for a scan for it um, so depending on the outcome of that it could be potentially other things it's caused but just the drain of having to just keep going, the pain it's caused, the significant weight loss because I can no longer eat, I'm just mentally and physically exhausted. Um, it's cost me a lot in the way of not being able to go out, not being able to do anything with my son because of the, the pain, the discomfort, the... The worry that, like, at one point I was having to take so many laxatives just to try and keep going, but that also caused, um, like, hernias and other problems. It caused um, uh, quite a nasty problem with having to use regular enemas and stuff. I ended up um, perforating something inside. It caused, um, I want to say it's diverticulitis. Diverticulitis, yeah. yeah. It caused the um, perforation inside. It got infected. I've had to have, um, I had to have anal steroids. I've had to have steroids orally. It caused up and down with the weight. Um, Again, all because the surgery was yeah. put off, so it was. It, it's a direct result of COVID. I do. I do like um, Dew's question here. What are you doing to prepare yourself mentally? Um, I've certainly been writing a lot down, journaling. Uh, I know we talked about that, Gemma, and I want I want you to elaborate on this, <clears throat> please, uh, because again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Again, journaling. Here it here it is again, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, 
how many times have we said on this show the word journaling? I think every episode. Every, every, oh. every episode. Mm-hmm. Journaling. Um, so uh, Heavenly Dew um, posted the question. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, yeah it's up there. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing to prepare yourself mentally? And this is the perfect uh, advertisement for journaling. Mm-hmm. Take it away, Gemma. Yeah, so I've, I, I keep a journal daily anyway, just of my, like a mental health check journal. Um, I try and post one thing every day in that journal, like a gratitude, something that for that day I'm grateful for, even if it's just something small. And then I try and post a little bit about how the day has gone. But with this one leading up to it, I'm, I've started doing about um, anxiety, what thoughts are going through my head. And then I try and put, because I do a digital one. So if there's anything relevant, like a particular song that's helped me get through it, I'll post a, like a little link to the song of something that I've listened to that's helped me get through it. I post about what thoughts are going through my head. And also if there's any questions, I've had to keep a bit of a diary anyway for the doctor in the way of like if I've had any, for example, bowel movements, I know it's gross, but I've had to keep a diary of that. You have to keep a diary of types and stuff. They're very specific with what they want in that sense. So I've kept all that together with it. But things that I've done, like I will be documenting this, what we've done. This has helped me because had I not have been on here now, chances are I would have been cooped up in my room by myself, worrying and stressing about it. Uh, I know we've spoken quite a bit lately as well, and that's just helped me get through it, just to distract me. Because I think there was one day where... I wasn't going to speak, but we ended up doing so. And it just got me out of that rut of just feeling totally sorry for myself and like, like, oh God, you know, like, I feel like crap, just feeling really sorry for myself laid there. And sometimes, sometimes you feel like you can't be bothered to do something. And it's just like, when you do it, you're really glad you did. Mm-hmm. And if there's ever like a chance with that where you get, I'd say, you know, just do it, just go for it. And I always document about things that we've like that I've done. If I've spoke to you, for example, or if we've done a broadcast or if I've spoken to anyone, if you've done anything where I've been just just something to make me focus on the positive things of the day. Um, I also document if there's anything bad happened, mm-hmm. but I tend to do that first, get it out of the way, Absolutely. and then focus on the good stuff. I always, always document the bad stuff first because I like to finish on a high, or finish on a positive, and then right at the end, I'll post my gratitude piece, like something that I'm grateful for in that day or in that moment linked to a song, linked to something I've maybe watched so that I can look back and think, oh, you know, that's what I did. Even like a, 
a YouTube video or something that's made me laugh, for example, or a TV program I've watched, just something that has given me that enjoyment that day. And, um, you know, it's it, it does help. It does help. And even if you can't do a right lot, as I say, nobody need it's not something you're handing in it's not homework it's not an essay that you have to do yeah you can put in as little or as much as you want um some days all i really manage to do is because my my electronic one's got like smiley faces and you rank your mood and i do that and sometimes i just put feel like crap and pretty much leave it at that sometimes that's that's Christ. the case you know <laughs> I um, scribble in my journal. <laughs> yeah, I, like I've done drawings and stuff in mine, like whatever. I've I done. Do. All I've done all kinds of stuff in my journal, like yeah. writing down what happened to that day, writing mm -hmm. down, drawing something. You know, um, there's even uh, a glued-in article. You know, just all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's. We can't say enough about it. How many times do we talk about journaling on the mental health hour, Gemma? It comes up every day. Every, 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 every day. Mm -hmm. It's something else. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. um, it really does help, though. All right. Well, we are getting to that point where it's mm -hmm. the end of the episode. So we'll, we're going to wrap things up a little bit. Uh, we'll do a little program note next week we'll be back wednesday normal mm -hmm. yeah same time same place um actually no time difference the time so difference 10, has, yeah 10 p.m uk because we'll get it figured out and we'll meet you in the discord um, yeah for those uh of you wanting uh more information please join our discord Mm -hmm. Hattie, Hattie has been nice enough to uh, post it throughout the show. Uh, appreciate that, Hattie. Um, and uh, Trevor is going to keep us posted on Gemma's Discord as well mm -hmm. um, with any updates. Uh -huh. So please uh, stay positive. Everybody stay positive. That's mm -hmm. the... Uh, that's the biggest thing. And yes, of course, for all things bunny. Yeah, come on. Check that. out Ella the Bunny Mom. www.mybunnyvalentine.com. You know you love these little guys. I know Heavenly Dew loves these little guys. I never remember to bring mine. I always have my I always have my bunnies around. I had my pin badge on my jacket, but I've taken it off. Yep. Mybunnyvalentine.com. Um, and then no catalyst tonight, but that is tomorrow night. Yeah. Wednesday night, Jim in Chicagoland uh catalyst. Mm -hmm. Doing his thing with the candle. Love it. Um, you guys, I really appreciate we really appreciate Gem and I mm -hmm. really love doing the show. And uh, again, please, if you haven't joined the Discord, get mm -hmm. active in it. 
and let us know what you want us to talk about. Send us uh, some show ideas. Send us anything you want to hear about. We would love to do a show on anything you come up with. Mental health related. I'm not going to do a show on Super Bowl 47, you know, but maybe if, if I can tie it into mental health, I'll do it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's, you can be tied into anything mental health. Molly! Molly's here. Uh, I was lurking. It's always good to see Molly. Molly, we got to get you live up in this sometime. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. All things bunny. We love our Ella. And I think uh, Gemma, we wish you the best uh, tomorrow. Trevor's going to keep us posted. Is there anything uh, anybody can do? Or... Um, I'll be fine. Like I'll let a few people know. I've got numbers of people. Um, so when I text, you can put it in as well if you want in hours. Awesome. Um, it might not make much sense when I message. That's why I don't want to do it public, just in case I end up messing up like I did with the autocorrect earlier. That was a cork, was that one? Prayers for Thomas as well. And that's without anesthetic, so, you know, goodness knows. Prayers for Thomas as well. Must be hard seeing mommy not well. Yes. Um. So mm. we will be back next week. Gemma will be here. We'll get a little update and we'll continue on with the mental health hour. We love you guys. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's been fun. Um, and we'll keep bringing the mental health content. Join the discord. Tell us what you want to hear about. We will do anything for you. All right, guys. Mm. We hope you have a blessed evening, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>